Wonderful to see all of you here. So glad you could be with us. We hope you'll come back tonight. Uh, we're, tonight's our singing night. We always have great singing uh, at our services. We'll hope you'll be here for that. Uh, first, let's start with a riddle. See how sharp you are this morning. What gets wetter and wetter the more it dries? You may know it already. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But the answer is a towel. You know who got this? The first time I told him, immediately he said, a towel. It's my great nephew, Liam. He's eight years old. Sometimes you have to think like a child so that you can see what needs to be done. And Jesus, in Matthew chapter 18, tells us to become like children. Children are amazing. We sometimes miss their worth and importance. Jesus knew all about it. Let's see what He means here this morning. Let's turn first, though, to Matthew chapter 18. The disciples were concerned with greatness. And Jesus, though, was concerned with the state of their souls. Quite often in Scripture, someone would ask Jesus a question. And he wouldn't ask, answer rather the, the question specifically that they asked, but rather he would answer what they needed to hear. He would read between the lines. And, and I think this is one of those examples. Matthew 18 and verse 1. At that time the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They wanted to know who would be the greatest. With a group of 12 men, there's got to be some type of pecking order, right? One of us has to be higher than another, right? But they were thinking in earthly terms. Jesus is going to try to get them to, to change their way of thinking, to change that method. And He called a child to Himself and set Him before them. And said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So He did not answer the question that they asked. Who is the greatest? He said, you've got to become like children. And we're going to look this morning as to what perhaps He meant exactly. And you might say, well, who would want to become like a child? They can't blow their own nose. They can't drive. They think that the best food is cereal with a cartoon character on it. But there is indeed a great deal that we can learn from our children. And this may sound strange. Some children you see that are disobedient and disrespectful and so forth. And I, and I understand that. But there is definitely an age range where I see a child and I know exactly what Jesus was talking about and I hope that you'll see the same thing this morning. But specifically, in the context of this Scripture, a child in Jesus' day was of no importance in Jewish society. Subject to the authority of his elders, not taken seriously except as a responsibility, one to be looked after, not one to be looked up to. But Jesus, being the master teacher that he was, looked at the disciples and said, you're worried about the wrong thing. And he said that so often. You want to please man. 
you want to go up in society, you want to do this or do that, become like a child. We're going to see this morning exactly what he meant. Children are not proud or arrogant. Let's turn to Luke 12. Adults, as they enter their teen years and grow up into actual adults, they become hungry for things. At the middle school where I work full time, that's when they get their adult brains, is in middle school. They start seeing the world a tad differently, no longer as a child who sees things as, as black and white, but rather teenagers can think in more abstract ways. And so I see this changeover at the middle school. But when people grow into adulthood and get their adult brains, we could say, they start to hunger for material things. And these things make them feel good, so, so they pursue it more and more, and they've got to have more, and they've got to have more. Well, you know, children, they don't really know about those things. To them, a, a material possession is just something to be used for whatever its intended purpose was. They, of course, don't understand uh, the value of money. And so that's something that can definitely be looked up to, but also the teachings that Jesus has in Luke chapter 12 and verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to, do, to divide the family inheritance with me. And this is another example where Jesus is not going to get drawn into the drama brought to him by a human. By a human who is still so concerned about things of the world, Jesus isn't going to do it. And he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator over you? That's not my job. That, that's not my position. I'm not, I'm not that judge. I'm not that kind of person. Verse 15, Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possession. So someone who gets more and more and more, that's not what their life should be about. I've been in some of my friends' kids' playrooms, and I ain't ever seen so many dinosaurs in all my life. Toy dinosaurs piled up in the, in the toy chest because grandma got one, somebody else got one, and so on and so on. But, you know, a child, they're not playing with them. Of course, they, they don't see the importance of certain material possessions, especially as they come in an abundance like that. And children, I think, see their limitations as they look up to us in a physical way. They see their limitations and so lack this amount of pride and arrogance that comes with so many of us. Proverbs chapter 16, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. It is better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Jesus knew that we must be converted to be like children. It isn't in our nature to take the low place and the humble place. That's what the disciples were trying to do. Peter, James, John, the others. Who's going to be the greatest, Lord? Who's going to be the greatest among us? That way we can start working those things out. Who might get more money? Who might you know, have to you know, sleep on the ground while somebody else gets the bed? They're worried about all of these worldly things. And Jesus says, you've got to be converted and be like a child. A child can sleep anywhere, can't they? A child can make the most of anything. They don't need expensive toys, a stick in a box. That'll do them. They lack this pride and arrogance that so many of us struggle with. And whenever we think of the word 
humbling himself. Philippians 2 and verse 8, let's look at this first. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And what it means there, by humbling himself, it does not refer to false modesty, but the acceptance of an inferior position. I did a series on pride a year or so ago, and it really helped me to see where pride was hurting me in my life, where I, I, where I struggled with, with some of those things as the result of a, of a prideful mindset. But here we see where Philippians chapter 2, Paul is talking about Jesus and how you know this wasn't false modesty. This wasn't false modesty. This was the acceptance of an inferior position. Jesus was in heaven, heaven living with the Father. And He says, you know what? I'm going to lower myself. I'm going to humble myself so that I can die for the people that I love, so that I can die for mankind. He took that humble position and was fine to be there. Children can take that position quite often, very naturally. For children, do not try to be humble. They just are. The imitation of humility is sickening, but the reality is attractive. So you've got to ask yourself, am I really humble? Look at how humble I am. Kind of a strange way to put it, isn't it? We don't do that, but rather we should just be humble. It's just something that you simply are. We know that one man was actually the greatest in the kingdom, that being Jesus Christ. This means that Jesus Himself was humble like a child. He wasn't concerned about His own status he didn't have to be the center of attention. He could not deceive, and he didn't have an, an intimidating presence. But instead, he just was. He was a humble man. All that children have ever known during their formative years is relationships. So they will make the most of those. And because of their humility, they will do the best that they can to continue relationships. The child is held up as an ideal in Scripture, of humility and unconcern for social status. They knew they couldn't rise up somehow. The disciples were concerned about that. Children are not. They simply want to be taken care of, and they simply want to be loved. Next, children are teachable. Children are taught how to basically do everything. You know, they have to teach us how to use technology but we have to remind them we taught you how to use a spoon. But thankfully, they are very, very teachable. They have faith in things that they do not see. And whenever they are ready and willing and you are able to teach them something, they will take that with them for the rest of their lives. They, they want to do it themselves, sure. But first off, they want to be taught. And you may imagine right now in your minds the child who reaches a certain age, and begins to be resistant to what is being taught to them. And sometimes they don't grow out of this phase, even into adulthood. They continue to simply be arrogant, and they're not teachable. And that's what we have to be careful of as adults, is we've always got to be willing to learn, because somebody somewhere can teach us something. Scripture teaches us this, even. 1 Peter 5, 5, You younger men, a lesson for all of us, likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility 
toward one another. Because we are humble, we're also teachable, and we can be humble with each other. For God is opposed to the proud. i got enough enemies. I don't need God to be one of them. So I need to make sure that I am living that humble life because you know what? He gives grace to the humble. I need more grace. I don't need more enemies. I need more and more grace. So I'm going to read on humility. I'm going to pray on humility. I'm going to make sure I'm a teachable person. I'm going to make sure that that I'm the kind of person that God wants me to be. That other people will see me and say, you know what? They're so childlike. That at this point, of course, would be a compliment. But children are teachable. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 18. Poverty and shame, I don't like those either, will come to him who neglects discipline. But he who regards reproof will be honored. When children are disciplined, when children are reproved for their actions or for something they say, they learn, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't do that. And parents, it's our job. Thankfully, they are teachable. It's our job to show them the right way to behave, the right things to say and to act. Those children that grow up in the early teen years are miserable quite often because they've not been taught this. They've not been given a moral compass, as teachable as they were. Nobody put things into them that said, here's how you live, here's how you act, and here's how you should be. But thankfully, children are teachable. Something that we should emulate. Children are loving as well. I can imagine that the disciples, in those early days especially, struggled with jealousy, struggled with pride, just simply based on their questions about greatness. They were learning from Jesus, but they were also had this strange desire, not strange desire, something that many of us struggle with, a desire to want to move up in that particular hierarchy. Their personal desire could have outweighed their love for one another, but thankfully they had a good teacher in Jesus Christ. Children are very loving, but adults, we oftentimes struggle with forgiveness. Children are quick to forgive. Why? Because relationships are important to them. Because they see you as the parent, perhaps as an older caregiver, a sibling perhaps that takes care of them. They see that relationship as so important. And if you were to do something poor to them, make a mistake, you know, knock them down even accidentally, children are quick to forgive because they're dependent on you and they want that relationship to last. And that's how relationships last, is we forgive each other, is we love each other, even though we make mistakes, and we do all the time. We need to admit it, and we don't need to rub it in each other's faces, but we need to forgive each other because children are loving and are so quick to forgive. Children get angry, of course, and sad, but this quite often happens when they are hurt or when they are sick. Their love always tends to reach out. Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Peter thought he was being generous. Seven times, seven, a complete number. We read of that in Scripture. But Jesus said to him, I do not say to you, I'm not going to answer it that way, Peter. I'm going to tell you something else. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven is how much you should forgive your brother. Proverbs 16 and verse 32, He who is slow to anger, is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. A child who is angry has a reason. A child who's sad perhaps has a reason. Many of us go straight to anger 
to try to get our way because we can't control our spirit. We can't control our feelings and they, they misguide us and take us down bad paths all the time. But Scripture tells us here, you know, be slow to that anger. And how do we do that? We heal that anger by being more loving like a child. Children are so loving because relationships are so important. They learn early on that the person holding them is going to feed them. The person holding them is going to make sure they're comfortable. The person holding them is going to put them in a safe place. The person holding them is going to take care of them. Many children don't realize this and they endure trauma and have many years of, of work ahead of them. But in general... Children are loving because they learn early on that relationships are important. You might have seen this picture online. When it was first posted, it went viral. Very touching image. Uh, An African-American boy and a, a white boy looking at each other. And what do they do? Well, they run up to each other and hug each other. And this, I forget when this picture originally came out, but most likely it was during a trying time in our country. But here are two boys who are so different see one another, and what's the default? The default is love. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Children don't see the differences within them. They see somebody else that they want to get along with. They see somebody else that they want to love and that they want to, that they want to hug, like in this picture, that they want to take care of. So many adults, we look at each other, what can I get out of you? What can you help me with that will help me become a, a richer we look at each other like that so much rather than seeing the human that's standing there that God loves. And we don't love like God does. We don't love like these children do quite often. And that's why we hurt so much. And that's why there's so much anger out there because love's not it. Love's not our default. Anger is hatred. And so instead of doing the love part, we do all the wrong things and we end up feeling the way that we do. But this is a wonderful example of what Jesus said, of what Jesus meant when He said, be like children. Children are also dependent on their parents. For the first few years of their life, a child depends on their parent for everything. Because children and babies can't do much of anything at all. Parents who provide for their child create a strong bond. And that that child looks at that parent and says, my, my parent can do anything. My dad, he, he's a superhero. My mom, she's, she's super mom. They can do anything because we give to them. We give them lack of sleep. Uh, we give them all that we have to make sure that they can get along in this world. And we teach children with the hope, though, that they will eventually not need us. We hope to impress upon them values and behaviors, that they'll grow up to be a good adult and raise a good family. But parents, our hope is also that we will always be wanted and loved by our children. God wants the same thing. God wants to be needed by you. He put you on this earth. He, he's blessed you in ways that we can't even count. And God wants, though, to be needed by you. He's hoping that you'll say things like this in Psalm chapter 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock 
in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. This sounds like somebody who is dependent on his heavenly Father. Children are dependent. We need to be like them. We need to realize that we need to depend on our heavenly Father for everything. Not just when we need something, but at all times. When you wake up in the morning and when you go to work and when you're looking at somebody that you're so mad with, you've got to remember, I want to love this person the way God told me to. The way my child loves me every day. I want to love other people in much the same way. Children are also born innocent and free from sin. You may see this little girl if you look hard enough on YouTube. Classic video where... Dad asks her, did you eat any cake? Of course, she says no. Self-preservation is big for children as well. That's another lesson. However, this child, this little girl saying, no, I didn't eat any cake. My brother Noah did. He ate cake. Not me. Children are also not very good at deceiving, thankfully. This little girl, she will... Learn, thankfully, what a lie is. At this point, she doesn't know. Hasn't been taught yet. She's too young, still learning the English language, by the way. And doesn't understand what it means to lie. Thankfully, though, because she's teachable, she'll learn what a lie is. Won't do that anymore, hopefully. She's not very good, though, at being deceptive. When we are good at hiding ourselves, when we're good at deceiving others, we aren't like Jesus. People want authenticity. They want you to be real. They want you to say when you have a weak part. They want you to say what you're really thinking, what you're really feeling. They want to know who you are. We can't, we can't be, uh, be authentic with people if we're lying and if we have a mask on constantly. Children do not know of fleshly desires or things of this world, so they are very innocent. They love those around them and they want to be cared for. So how can we get to this point? This seems like perhaps the most elusive of all of the things that I've mentioned this morning. How can we be free from sin? Jesus says in John chapter 3, He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. goes right along with this, with this line of thinking. I'm, I'm, you want us to be a child? Lord, well how do I do that? You've got to be born again. You've got to be baptized. You've got to change your heart. You've got to believe in Jesus Christ. You've got to confess that you believe in Him. You've got to live that faithful life. That's how you get into this sort of state. That even though you've got, you got sin all over you, you've got cake all over your face because of the redeeming power of Jesus Christ, you can be free from that sin. By living a faithful life, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, you can live a life that is honorable to God. And even though you might have cake on your face occasionally, God's there always ready to forgive you. 1 John chapter 3 teaches us that we must become a new child. 1 John chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not follow Him. When you're born again, you're a new person. When you come out of that water, you're a new person now. You've got to start living differently. 
Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him just as He is. Children oftentimes don't know what's going on. They ask all kinds of questions. And you try to show them, but sometimes the best way to show them is to experience whatever it might be that they're asking about. We don't know. We don't know things. All we know is we need to trust in God. And everyone who has this hope fixed on Him purifies Himself just as He is pure. I want to be pure, and I want you to be pure this morning. As adults, we chase after adult things, power, money, prestige. That's what the disciples were after. They wanted to know where they would fall into that spiritual kingdom. But Jesus tells them, no, you must become like children, which was strange. And many of them probably spent the rest of their lives trying to understand and and figure out what they meant. And and Jesus has another example of children in Matthew chapter 19. Then some children were brought to Him so that He might lay His hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the children alone, and do not hinder them from coming to Me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to to such as these. After laying His hands on them, He departed from there. May we all strive to be more childlike, for they have certain characteristics about themselves that might be hard to obtain, but if you think a little while, if you you work hard, if you pray about it, you can be more like children every day, as Jesus has called us to be. So I hope you'll take these qualities and practice them this week. If you're not a Christian, be born again this morning. Become a new person and let us baptize you. See me after services. See me up front when we're singing this invitation song. Or if you need prayers of forgiveness, let us help you with that as well. Please come now as we stand and sing. You and her. Bring Christ your broken